Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. On January 21st, 2017, the Amarin Foundation hosted a presentation entitled Native Voices, Indigenous American and Red Ink Literary Festival. Today on 30 Minutes, we'll feature some of the speakers. Up first is host and MC Simon Ortiz, an Acoma Pueblo native and Regents professor in the English department at Arizona State University. Today's first poet is Kyle Grant Wilson. He's Dene from Fort Defiance, Arizona. He's the Indigenous Rhetoric Coordinator in the Department of English at Arizona State University, as well as an affiliated faculty in American Indian Studies and Honors Faculty in the Barrett Honors College. In the second portion of today's show, we'll hear from Simon Ortiz again. This is part two of a multi-part series. Thank you, and good morning. In my native language of Keras, which is of Acoma Pueblo, that I'm a tribal member of, that's how you say good morning and hello, how are you? It's very good to see you and I'm glad that uh, we're able to do this uh, again. We've been here for several years uh, at this time of season Sometimes it hasn't been so cold, but this morning it's a little chilly, right? I'm from uh, Aco, or Acoma Pueblo, and I live, of course, uh, locally in the area in uh, Tempe, where I'm a professor, like uh, Eric said, and I'm a writer, a poet, and a storyteller, and sometimes a singer. And it's always good to be a part of the occasion when people get together, like we are. Who come together because they are part of a community. You know, because people always have a community with each other. Community means a sense of belonging with others, a sense of um, uh, being part of a unified uh, whole. And we are, of course, a community of human beings uh, all over the world. Locally, of course, we mean this region, you know, this region of southern Arizona. And Native American people are part of the Hanu. Still the same reasoning goes, that people belong with other people. We are all part of the community of this part of Arizona. Well, today we have uh, readers of poetry and storytellers and uh, so forth, and uh, uh, I want to welcome you to meet Kyle Wilson. Kyle is uh, behind me, and uh, he's a Navajo a poet, a graduate of the uh, Arizona State uh, University writing program which he finished uh, in 2005. And uh, he's a very good uh, poet. And then we have uh, uh, me, myself, <laughs> or Hijutsi, if you want to be exactly correct. That's my Akama name. 
in my own language, that's what I, that's who and what I am. Hejutsi, it's an indigenous uh, Akama language name. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my name is Kyle Wilson, and I'm a Navajo. As, uh, as Diné, um, we believe in a few things. A huge part of us, the core of who we are, our identities, would be uh, having to do with Hojo and Ke. Loosely translated, we're talking about um, balance and family. And um, something that we also believe in traditionally is through an indigenous lens, we think about uh, our timelines and how our lives, what we breathe into this world, the, wor the words that we say, the things that we do affect, have a rippling effect towards uh, the future, even when we're not here on this earth. And that's how my grandfather raised me. That's how he raised uh, my mother. And that's how my mom brought me up. And that's how I'll probably raise my children um, whenever I have them. And, um, so I write a lot about that. I write a lot about family and about finding that balance. And in addition to that, when we talk about family, it's just not just people that um, you're immediate to. Uh, it's also people within your neighborhood, uh, friends, um, everyone in this life, basically. And so everyone in this life is family and is part of Ke. And, um, and we wish Hojo upon everyone else. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. And um, I'm going to start with a, a poem about driving with my mom. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is a mom poem. And this is uh, headed north, coming from the Valley, Phoenix area, and going up into the Navajo Reservation. It's about a 275-mile drive. There's mountains, um, there's desert floor, there's everything that you need to see and you'd love to see about the Southwest. Um, a lot of trees. It's called Ways to Find Home for Our Mothers. Our drive begins on blackened streets that roll into the day's end. Headlights flood a new elk in white. Chain leak, they quietly slip across the road. The car searches the night for the reservation floor. We find what is lost when we stop looking for avenues, a venue, a valley. We scissor through the seamless dawn. Night begins its, its benediction, and the summer season has fallen. When I say it as if she didn't know it and like mean it, when I was 17, I, life showed me death. When we all need the holding of hands of others, we all have left somewhere with the promise to come back, and we let go. When I moved from home, I packed myself into boxes. When I moved from home, I packed myself into a van, into a large white space with corners and carpet. Again, on this drive, I am unearthed settled and silly with memories, headed home with her, I'll have to let here go. There are so many landmarks in life that anchor us, tether you to me, to us. We all have ways to find home, where I used to wipe the snow surface, dig for frozen skeletons of leaves, rub them into ash, thin dried mush. A butterfly's wings freed and papered into the sky. A layers, the layers in which snow falls, dust this autumn night, 
A low fog saps the aspen, makes cream of the dawning light. With each mile marker passing, autumn snow falls. Soon we know it is morning, and we make it out of the tunneled forest. We are ushered upon a sunlit reservation floor, a welcome mat 30 miles from Holbrook, two miles to the state of Hojong. I can now dampen my lights once again, ease my foot off the pedal, steady a pace. I can turn to see, tur I can turn to see the honey glow of her sun-shone hair. She sips coffee, hands bold in sequence with her quiet stormed border town stories. Her true north that takes her back to where she belongs. This is what mothers do, remind us of where we started, where we are headed, where we are meant to be. And then I get angry. Um, this, is, this is a poem, it's, it's about Standing Rock, and um, it's something I'm really passionate about. Uh, if there's anything to get out of what's happening out there is there's unity within us in terms of indigenous people, but also as a nation, the people that are actually there fighting and helping. Um, and that needs to happen more and more, okay? And it's, again, through an indigenous lens, all, we are all family. And um, what we breathe into this world really does echo for an eternity in that way, I think. And I think that, especially at this point in time, as a nation, uh, we are a little bit polarized. And I think we need to get back to that old school way of thinking. Um, so this is about um, that idea of unity. And um, it's called, We Wade Within the Web of Rivers for Our Children. The cleft between you and I expands my lungs severed inches apart. You orphan me for a timeline. Unfolded thoughts of you cuffed tidy and taut, colonized in the far reaches of the hemispheres of my mind. We are all transplanted at an arm's length to midnight. Within reach, I voyaged darkness for the warmth of voices. You have sprawled an ocean for years to conquer and take away but still need to be shored alongside anchored banks, fused with the core of grandfathers. You learn to dissect what has been done over time. We will never forget how all generations have been there. They all have been reaped so others may sow. Like us, their children have been taken away. They too gathered to steal away from the night. They also held hands, followed each other's voices, found cover, a place to hide, enough space for one or another. We all have grandfathers in heaven. We all prayed for tribesmen. We left, left rising from the ashes into a valley of webbed rivers where mothers became fathers, fathers <coughs> are brothers. Together, all were blackened, made gray. A tribe like mine, a tribe like ours, they found a way to breathe. Much like firemen march into falling buildings. Already angels and weightless, they ascend the stairwell. They all carry water. They all carry oxygen. They all bring out what is alive. 
What has man saved in the killing of Indians? That black viscous lining cord within, as water shed from an autumn sky in the well of a cornrow, grandfather belled, he courted war with stories of survival about lives that mattered. He said, they left the harvest behind, the tall and green and piles of ears, like wood for winter, like water for life, Grandpa said. In streams we gather to make an ebbing resistance in waves, engulfed in communal strength, our children learn to defend. By all means necessary, we wade within the web of rivers, build a dam, gather our water in our arms, stitch two veins into one, lives course together, we form a bloodline. My last one is uh, it's actually a villanelle of sorts. I think I might have took some liberties with it. Uh, so in the tradition of Dylan Thomas and um, um, Rage to Dying Little Light, uh, this is about, it's more of a song. It's more of about um, finding that balance, Hojo. And um, it's called A Way of Being. Direct yourself with hands for balance, Hongzhong. Arms spanned a line for life, tightrope a beam. Draw in your breath, a memory is your smoke. Days till he rests, my uncle says it slow. So long, he says to me. To me, he sings, direct yourself with hands for balance, Hongzhong. In peace, his wife sits near. She prays, she blows, the cedar smoke Hands in rosary, draw in your breath. A memory is your smoke, my love. Sometime before, among cornrows, my grandpa spoke as he entombed the seeds. Direct yourself with hands for balance, Hongzhong. The time was near for him as we dug holes. We buried kernels in the soil. He wrote with reeds, draw in your breath. A memory is your smoke. Tonight I drive myself, the trees they show, away a trail to tear back home, the east. Direct yourself with hands for balance, Hongzhong. Draw in your breath, a memory is your smoke. You are listening to Remarks Made at Native Voices Indigenous American and Red Ink Literary Festival, which was held at the Ameren Foundation on January 21st, 2017. Up next, we'll hear from professor, poet, and storyteller Simon Ortiz. Thank you. On the way down here, I thought to myself, before and after, the inauguration for president was, of course, yesterday. And that's what I meant. Before the inauguration, it was presently happening on radio. And then by the time I got here, it had happened. So after the inauguration, I thought it would be very appropriate for me to 
choose some poems out of From Sand Creek, which is one of my books of poetry. And the poetry specifically focuses on Sand Creek, a land area and a site on this land area in southeastern Colorado, where in 1864, a massacre of indigenous peoples who were Cheyenne and Arapaho took place in southeastern Colorado. In 1974 and later on in 1975, I was an inmate, you could say, or patient, you could say, or client of the Veterans Administration Hospital in Fort Lyons <coughs> Veterans Administration Hospital which is just west of that site called Sand Creek. It was there that I learned about the massacre of Native American people, indigenous people, or Indians, if you prefer that word, that was perpetrated by volunteer militiamen, citizens of Colorado, and soldiers from Fort Lyons, at that time, not a veterans hospital, but a army US military fort. Later on I wrote, I mean I took notes when I found out about the massacre and then <coughs> later on I turned those notes into poems. A statement. It's almost inexplicable that Black Elk would say the dream ended. We know why now, and we know it did not and will not end. And the poem. Bones are no longer stark reference. We don't study horizons as necessity anymore. Last signs, one or two, several soldiers, swiftly, expertly, at herself, her generations. Uh, I, uh. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me stuck them on their hats to dry, their fingers greasy and slick. <laughs> Southeastern Colorado is plains, just like the desert here is desert. And of course it's not totally desert, just stones and sand, and dry land as it is. And the plains are in their own form, grassy, it was buffalo country. And of course in 1974, it's very much the same except no buffalo. Some buffalo may be owned privately. And Native Americans, driven to Oklahoma, where the Southern Cheyennes live now, and Arapaho, driven northward into 
Wyoming. A statement. Indian astronomers studied the stars and set them in their memory so their people would not ever forget their place in all creation. What did Copernicus think? And the poem. They crossed country that would lay beyond memory. Their selves would no longer bother to remember. Memory was not to be trusted. They had plans, fortuitous for those who had designs. They had plans, but they could have matched the land like those who had searched the plains and tied themselves to stars, insects, generations and generations, instinct for millennia. When they didn't, starlight fracture became unpredictable. Aimlessly, they crossed memory. Aimlessly, they crossed memory. <coughs> Colorado, of course, in the 1864, was becoming civilized by Euro-Americanism. And the frontiers people were people who were on their way west or on the way to where they could settle and gain for themselves civilization, perhaps as they had known it in their time uh, that they had spent in the continental America, which is North America, and but formerly, of course, were from Europe. So they knew civilization according to Amer uh, American or Euro-American uh, understandings or precepts. And prairie and indigenous peoples, Arapaho and Cheyenne. A statement. The blood poured onto the plains, steaming like breath on the winter meetings, on winter mornings. The breath rose into the clouds and became the rain and replenishment. And the poem. They were amazed at so much blood spurting, sparkling, splashing, bubbling, steady, hot, arcing streams, red and bright and vivid onto the grasset plains, steaming so brightly and amazing they were awed. It almost seemed magical that they had so much blood it just kept pouring like rivers, like endless floods from the sky, thunder that had become liquid, and the thunder surged forever into their minds. Indeed, they must have felt they should get on their knees and drink, and drink the red, 
rare blood, drink to replenish their own vivid loss. Their helpless hands were like seeds. Their helpless hands were like seeds. In 1864, the Indian Wars of the Great Plains was taking place, partly because of the movement for and toward civilization. In 1864, in Arizona, and in 1870, in Arizona, and in the 1880s, Arizona, was the wars against the Apache. The Apache here in Arizona, neighbors of uh, this community here, this area, this land, occupied by indigenous people like the Oatam, of cells or uh, uh, others, you know, in the Phoenix Valley, uh, the them, the original people, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, the Apache civilization and Apache community were the residents. Cheyenne, Arapaho, Apaches, Oatham, and civilization and the statement. The land and black cattle took them in like lost children. And by 1876, land allotments and reservations and private property were established. The poem. They must have known, surely. They must have known They must have. Black cattle met them at the open door of the plains. He swept his hand all about them. The vista of the mountains was at his shoulder. The rivers run from the sky. Stone soothes every ache. Dirt feeds us. Spirit is nutrition. Like a soul, the land was open to them. Like a child's heart, there was no paradise, but it must have gently and willingly and longingly given them food and air and substance for every comfort. If they had only acknowledged even their smallest Conceit. Black Kettle, a leader of the Cheyenne at Sand Creek. Above his teepee lodge was a U.S. flag that was given to him in Washington, D.C. the year before as a acknowledgement of their presence in Colorado Territory, and that was to protect him and his people. But the Colorado militia and soldiers from Fort Lyons, where later on I was a client, inmate, at Fort Lyons Veterans Administration (coughs) Hospital. 
I thought that I would read these poems because, as I said, after or before and after the inauguration. Today is today, of course. It's not 1864. But sometimes, sometimes we must think what U.S. history is. Is it really before and after? Thank you. That was Simon Ortiz speaking at the Native Voices Indigenous American and Red Ink Literary Festival, which was held at the Ameren Foundation on January 21st, 2017. Simon Ortiz is an Acoma Pueblo native and Regents professor in the English department at Arizona State University. And we also heard from Kyle Grant Wilson, who is Diné from Fort Defiance, Arizona. He's also the Indigenous Rhetoric Coordinator in the Department of English at Arizona State University. This has been part two of a multi-part series. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager.